This is a message from Grace Church, located in Frisco, Texas, a suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth. Grace Church is affiliated with Sovereign Grace Ministries. The Grace Church website is gracechurchfrisco.org. The speaker for this message is Craig Cabanis, the senior pastor of Grace Church. The person of Jesus Christ is where we look to see the glory of God, is what they talked about this morning. And there's great glory in Jesus' coming. The Christmas story itself uh, has, has a great emphasis on the glory of God. And we find the glory of God talked about in the familiar passage in the Christmas story of the shepherds and the angels' appearance to the shepherds. If you have your Bible with you, look at this. We're going to read six verses here. Luke 2, beginning in verse 8. And this is what it says. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's tremendous glory in this, in the scene we just, just read about. There's some shepherds that are out at night. So these are, the shepherds are just, kind of have a boring job out at night. I don't know if, if sheep sleep at night. I really, I don't, don't know a lot about sheep, so I don't know if they sleep at night, I guess. Uh, but, but the shepherds are with the sleeping sheep, and uh, they're out there at night. It's quiet. It's boring. They're probably telling the same stories they've told before as they're sitting and standing together, these shepherds, and all of a sudden, an angel appears to them, a heavenly being. A heavenly being appears to them, and, and, and Luke writes, the glory of the Lord shone all around them. So this emanating presence, this heavenly light, that they're bathed in light that, that, that reflects the, the perfection and the holiness and the awesomeness of God himself. So this is not like any evening. They're out there and all of a sudden the light of God appears to them. Brighter than anything they've seen for sure. And, and, and an angel shows up and they, they're afraid. Says the, the glory of the Lord is shown all around them and then they are afraid, understandably. Well, this angel speaks some things to them. And then the next thing that happens is it says there are a multitude of angels Suddenly, so instantaneously, there is this multitude of angels around them praising God. So we don't know, were they on the ground? Were they on a hillside? Were they up in, an, in the air? My study Bible said thousands. It said this myriad, this multitude could have been thousands. So these, these thousands of angelic beings lighting up the, the sky or the ground or the area where they are speaking to them. I mean, this is just gloriously powerful, indescribable 
And this would make a, la- a rock concert laser show, just look like a couple of kids with a flashlight or something. This would just be blinding. And they're saying, glory to God in the highest. These angels are saying this. So it's a glorious sight. But the greatest glory in that story is not the angel. And the greatest glory is not the heavenly light. And the greatest glory is not thousands of angels appearing before them. The greatest glory is the message that they give and, 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 the, and the story they tell of the one who has come, he is the greatest glory. Because here's what happens. They say, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news of great joy and that will be for all people. And here's the good news of great joy. joy. Verse 11, for unto you, to these shepherds, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's the great glory of the story. It's not the lighting. It's not the angelic beings. It's the message and the coming of the one, Jesus, the Savior. Now, what is a Savior? That's kind of religious language that we use, especially at this time of the year. We sing about the Savior. But we could just become really familiar. Maybe we don't even know what that means. Well, what is a Savior? Well, here's some terms we could, we could put it in that would be really perhaps more relatable to us than the language of Savior. A, a Savior is one who saves... Not in the sense of like collecting something, not like saving things, but a Savior is one who saves in the sense of rescuing. A Savior is one who rescues. So the idea of a rescuer is perhaps more common language that we might be able to understand. In other words, salvation could be understood as salvation is an event of rescue. Salvation is an event of rescue, rescuing someone who cannot rescue themselves. It is taking someone out of imminent danger that cannot save themselves. A Savior brings salvation. That is, a Savior brings rescue from danger. So that's the announcement. The the lights, the angels, we're here to tell you this great news, good news of great joy. What's the good news? A rescuer has come. The rescuer has come, Jesus. Now, if if Jesus the Savior comes to be rescued, what is it he rescues from? I mean, what, what is the danger? What, why is there a need for a, for a Savior? Well, an angel in another book of the Bible, in Matthew, explains this. An angel appears to um, Joseph, who's Jesus' father, and he comes to Joseph and he says that Mary, Jesus' mother, will give birth uh, to a son. And this is what the angel tells Joseph. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus means God saves. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He'll save their people from their sins. So the Savior comes, the one to bring rescue. That's the great news. And what does he bring rescue from? He rescues people from their sins. See, we all need to be rescued. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, we may not feel that. Today, you may not feel like you're in any imminent danger whatsoever. You're not dialing 911. There's no panic. Everything seems just okay, like it was for the shepherds, perhaps, that night. Your life is just moving along. But the Bible teaches that we are all in danger and that we are all in need of rescue, whether we know that, sense that, feel that, or not. And here's why. Because the Bible teaches that God is holy. God is perfect. He is flawless. He is sinless. 
He's, he's perfect in every detail. And God, who is holy, has given us his word, his law, his, the Bible, that requires us to be holy like him. Jesus said this one time, love, you, here's the commandment, you're to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That, that's, that's everything. You're to love God completely and to love your neighbor just like you love yourself. That, that's God's law, is that we are to do everything for him. We are to live for him, think of him, live to please him, follow his, his rules, his law. And, and the reality is that none of us in the room have done that. None of us have. We've all sinned. We've all done what we've wanted to do. We've broken his commandments and his laws in so many ways, in our thoughts, in our private thoughts, in our words, in our actions as well. And so because God is holy and because we are sinful, we have a tremendous problem. We're separated from God. And God, because he is holy, he, he judges, he's righteous. He must judge our failures, our sins. We failed. We haven't measured up to his perfection, and so we are to be judged for that. The Bible teaches that because of our sin, we are to be judged. We're actually under his wrath for our sins because we've broken his law, and we cannot do anything about it. That's why we need rescue. We cannot become moral enough. We cannot become religious enough. We can't become good enough because we still have this history of sins that must be judged that must be paid for, and we still have that in our lives. And so we're in this great predicament. But it's at Christmas that we celebrate the fact that God sent a a rescuer to free us from this predicament, to get us out of this predicament, to to rescue us from the penalty that we all have earned for our sins. All of us will stand before God and give an account for our lives one day, and we will, all of us in the room, be found guilty because none of us have lived perfectly. We've all broken his law, so we'll all be found guilty. But Jesus has come to rescue us from that verdict and that penalty. You may say, well, how does that happen? I mean, I understand the story of a baby. He's born. uh, He's in a stable. He's put in a feeding trough, a manger. uh, The shepherds come. Magi come. I've heard that story, but how does that rescue us? How does what difference does that make? Well, here's what difference it makes. That Jesus, he is fully God and he is fully man. And he comes to earth to live a perfect life. He never sins. And then not only does he live a perfect life, but he dies. He gives his life. He dies on a cross. You know the celebration of Easter. He dies and then three days later he is resurrected. But the Bible says this wasn't just any kind of death. This was a a substitute death. This was a sacrifice death. This was Jesus dying in our place. So the Bible actually says that though God judges us for our sins, God also comes to pay the penalty for our sins. The judge takes his own judgment. That's the story of Christ. That's what he does. That's the good news. And so as he's on the cross, God the Father places our sins upon God the Son. And Jesus dies and pays the price. Jesus absorbs the judgment, his own judgment, the judgment of God. Jesus absorbs the wrath of God so that anyone who would turn from their sins and believe in Jesus, believe that he's God, believe that he's the substitute, believe that he died for us, then our sins are forgiven. Our penalty is counted to Christ. And his righteousness, his obedience is counted to us. And so we don't have to pay for our sins. 
That is the glorious good news of Christmas. That's why the sky is lit up. That's why they're saying good news of great joy. Because rescue has come for those who could not rescue themselves. In fact, rescue has come for those who don't even know that they're in in imminent, eternal danger and need rescue. And today, God is reminding us of that. Today, God may be introducing some of us to that for the first time. You may be hearing this and saying, well, I didn't know that's what it was all about. You may be hearing it for the first time. God is on a rescue, and he extends forgiveness to you. God God extends a welcome to you. If you will turn from your sin, and you will turn to Jesus Christ and believe that he is the one that God sent to save you from your sin. The Bible says that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says that we are saved, rescued. We are rescued by grace through faith. It is the grace. It is a gift. What God has done is a tremendous gift to us, and we can receive that by turning and believing in him today. So how, do we, how are we rescued? How are we rescued? We turn from our sin and say, I don't want to go that way. I don't want to live a life that's displeasing to God. I want to turn to God and I want to believe in Jesus. I do believe in Jesus. And I'm asking him to forgive me for all my sins. I'm asking him to be the ruler of my life. I want to follow him as the Savior who gave his life for me. We turn from our sin and we trust in him. And I wonder even this Christmas, if that would be some of us in the room, you'd say, I, I don't want to just sing the songs about somebody else's Savior. I want to meet the Savior today. I, I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want Christmas to mean something to me this year. I want it to mean something to me for eternity, that Jesus has come and that he has given his life, that I might have new life. And to do so, all you need to do is turn and to trust in him. I'm going to close by praying here right now. And... And really, all that we heard sung about today can become real to you if you just turn your heart to the Lord and believe in him and trust in him. And you can do that by just praying and saying, God, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I believe in Jesus, the Savior, the Rescuer who has come for me. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the music we've heard sung, the songs, the lyrics, the words. We thank you for the, the, the reading and narration that we heard. We thank you, most of all, for the scripture passage that we just read that tells of the glory of Christmas. That today, Christmas Day, a Savior has been born. God, thank you for coming and rescuing us. We, we weren't even looking for rescue. We were living our own way, headed our own direction, and you broke into our reality offering us rescue and new life. And we just say thank you for that today. And God, I want to pray for anybody here today, a young person, an adult, someone who's very churched, or someone who has no church experience at all. Lord, I want to pray that you would just do the work that no one can do, that you would open hearts, that you would shine light of the world. Would you shine in dark hearts even now and grant new life to individuals who could turn and could trust in you. Lord, we trust you for this, and we thank you for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
a closing word just before Rob comes here to give some announcements. First of all, thanks again for being here. It's a joy to have you here. We'll be meeting Christmas Eve as well. Certainly want to invite you back for that. Uh, but if, if what we talked about today was new to you, perhaps someone invited you, you can ask them further. Uh, Rob, Pete, and I will be around here afterwards. We'd love to talk to you and help you understand anything we could uh, about the story of Christmas and the coming of the Savior. There's nothing more important. We'd love to help you with that. Thanks for being here. Uh, God bless you and Merry Christmas. You've been listening to a message from Grace Church. For more information, visit www.gracechurchfrisco.org. Thank you.